Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pastor Jay North here with the Professor Marcia Burden in the house today. And Marcia, it's been a minute. We've been gone for a quick minute. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Life happens, y'all. Life happens. Um, but here we're bringing you our What's Next podcast. And we've been kind of all over the place with different topics and things of that nature. But this week, we definitely want to weigh in. We definitely want to... Uh, find out the pulse. We want to, you know, tap into the pulse of our young adults, of our young professionals, uh, their feelings and their emotions, their thoughts. Um, number one, as we heard the verdict for uh, Derek Chauvin in the uh, in the case, George Floyd case. And so, Marcia, man, real quick, real quick, just let me know, you know, at, and then, you know, as a lawyer. Let me know, what were your thoughts leading up to, you know, it was kind of apprehensive all day, maybe a couple of days before. What were your thoughts just leading up to during the trial and then leading up to when, uh, you know, as, as they were deliberating for the verdict? What, what was going on in your head? So this trial was an interesting time for me in particular because I was actually teaching criminal law. Okay. This semester. And so I was able to use this trial as a part of my class. And so it, I kept up with the trial. I even had my students keep up with the trial and do research. Okay. okay. I found it interesting. Um, and I was happy to know how many attorneys were on both sides. Okay. Like the fact that there were 14 attorneys on the prosecution side and then there were actually 13 attorneys on the defense side wow of course there was only one lead attorney during the whole trial Correct. and but okay. there were uh, 12 other attorneys that were working behind the scene wow. what people also don't know or might have missed is that the minneapolis police union uh -huh. actually gave one million dollars in support of Derek chauvin's um defense wow team. okay and the prosecution um there was no money obviously yeah but the 14 lawyers that vol um that were part of the trial most of them volunteered okay their okay. times and services and these are just the ones that are known there are many other people working in the background right so i was excited to see the people were serious and intentional ensuring that the criminal justice system worked as fairly as possible and that there were a lot of legal minds in play okay. i also was excited this happened because to me what it really showed is that the efforts of the young adults and Americans across the country that protested yeah. for many months that have memorialized George Floyd, that have put a call to action. Yes. Yes. Both locally and nationally. I was happy to see this trial go forth because that meant that their efforts weren't in vain. Definitely. Definitely. A, man. a lot of people were concerned about the length of the trial, but typically a trial is um, two weeks at times okay. um and what people got to understand is once you have a trial that's it right you have a lot of cases actually don't go to trial okay. matter of fact around about 96 percent of criminal cases don't go to trial they end up in plea deals okay okay gotcha and so this was very special that this officer was even put on trial because as you know there are many other officers that have committed these similar actions and that there was no case. Yeah, definitely. Such as in Breonna Taylor. Right. We think about her situation. So I was very happy that there was a trial. Okay. Um, during the trial, I was not 
very happy with the defense. I understood why they took the angle that they did, but I wasn't happy because they tried to make it seem like he was on drugs. He was like a drug abuser, and that so, is why he. So the defense. Died. So you're saying the defense allowed him to be characterized at, mm -hmm. as that way, or they, or they, um, they played into that, or I mean, or 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 they just flat out said, yeah, he was, he was, you know, this is the type of guy he was. Both. Okay. So they allowed him to be characterized, and they played into it. They even had experts. Um, and different examiners try to say that he had other things in his system. That's why he died. And oh, that gotcha. He was okay, using drugs, okay. and that's why he died. And kind of taking away from his character. So I didn't really like that particular tactic. Okay. But honestly, that's all they had was to say that he died from another cause. Right. And the fact right, that right. 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 Derek Chauvin's actions were the actions that any police officer would have taken in this situation and they weren't outside of normal protocol. So those really two angles that they had gotcha. anyways. Gotcha. But I, I wasn't very happy about that <clears throat> because all of the world was able to see the fact right, that right. a man was pressing his knees on another man's neck. Now yeah. what makes this really important is yes, putting your knee on somebody's neck is wrong. Right. But let's just hypothetically say that is a police tactic yeah the fact that it was on his necks for over nine minutes yeah is yeah, where we become a problem yeah, excessive he was already george floyd was already apprehended he was on the ground he right. had handcuffs he right. was not resisting arrest right all they had to do was simply put him in the police car and take him down to the precinct for booking yes, yes, and yes. and questioning and then the criminal process could have done um and had itself but the fact that he stayed on there not one or two minutes. Yeah, yeah, They man. stayed on there for nine <clears throat> minutes. That is literally, um, as Professor Foster stated when we did a recording of this, this is literally like watching a crucifixion, watching an execution yeah, live. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, he got executed. That's that's without a doubt. And so, and so, I'm happy. <clears throat> I'm happy that there was a trial, and I'm happy um, that it was aired. A lot of Americans weren't really interested, and I know why. And black Americans kind of had a cynical view to everything. Right. Because in the past, most <laughs> times it does not rule or work out yeah, in the yeah. favor I mean, of just, the minority. We get or the short end of the stick almost exactly. every time. Um, but I, I actually told my class the day before the verdict came, I said, this is going to go one or either two ways. Okay. I said, um, more than likely, he will be charged with one or all of the charges okay. because of what's currently happening in our society today. Right. right. The political, social, and civil unrest. Right. And also because you just cannot get away from the fact that we got to see this live. Right. Yeah. I said, or two, he's not charged, and then we have an uproar, and we're going to be trying to retry him on something else. Right. So uh, when when the verdict came out, I so what did you think? So what did your students think? That I'm I'm curious to find out. Were they kind of cynical like the rest of you know we you know those of us who who lived through Rodney King mm -hmm. right? And I I remember straight up you mm -hmm. know um, kind of like where I was when that verdict hit. Um, what was your students' attitude? Did they think he was going to be convicted? No. Okay. They actually right. didn't. Yeah, so they I thought he was going to get off. Yeah, I think it was the same mentality that it was during Rodney King. Um, mm. 
it's still today, which is really sad because it's right. so many years later. But no, they actually thought he was going to get off. And that's why they actually didn't want to get their hopes up. Mm. And a lot of them didn't even pay close. They paid attention, but not close attention okay. because it was disheartening because it's a possibility that even though we've had this three weeks and this long trial and all of the evidence and police officers saying that he was wrong right and, right um, other officials saying that he was wrong and witnesses from the store and outside of the store and just the video everything yeah. that there's still the possibility this man can get off and wow. so they yeah. had the attitude of you know i hope that something happens but honestly i i could definitely see him getting off and it's definitely like Okay. They weren't very happy at yeah. all. So, so, okay, bam. The verdict comes out, I think it was Tuesday. Um, guilty on all three counts. Gu guilty on all three charges. Uh, what was your initial reaction? I was like, good. Okay. For once, the criminal justice system actually worked. Mm, okay. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, and it was nice to see somebody who had done wrong be accused of it yeah and i think all of the charges were befitting now some people actually asked me they said well marcia you know he was a police officer is it really fair to have second degree murder and third degree murder and second degree manslaughter and they were like but he you know he didn't purposefully go into the situation planning on it's just right. that he was doing his job and then it ended up here and i said you have to understand what these actual criminal charges mean. Yeah, yeah, the, what, yeah. Kind of, kind of, real quick, kind of break down for us the the difference between, if you can, the difference between the the different degrees. Right. So I do want everybody to know if you want to know what a criminal charge is, you need to look at your jurisdictions laws and what i mean by jurisdiction the state you're in and the county you're in you okay. can go online to the government website and look at the criminal code okay. and it will give you definitions but just as a general criminal law definition yeah. when we look at like second degree murder and third degree murder what we're looking at is um the fact that it wasn't premeditated okay so there wasn't a planning involved gotcha. there wasn't this like intent right to go and kill somebody it's not like if somebody hires a hitman to kill their spouse right gotcha that we know that they come in um when we talk about second degree we look at the person acting in the heat of the moment gotcha acting okay. in their okay. passion but acting so wrongly that mm. we call it a depraved heart okay meaning that they don't even have the simple morale or reasonable mindset to understand that this is another human being yeah. and your actions could lead to death yeah. of that person. You know, the, you know, before you move on, I think that's that's so important because as you sit here and I'm listening to you explain it, it 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 just it goes to the fact it, it you almost defined how black people are looked at in America. You know what I mean? Correct. Like, like it, it, you, you just kind of defined the the less than human, you know what I'm saying? Thinking or mindset that that individuals have toward other other human beings is crazy. But keep going, keep going. Yes, <laughs> and so then what people also have to realize too that, and prosecutors, formerly known as district attorneys, they know this. You want to have multiple charges in a case okay. because you want at least one 
to stick, gotcha. if not all. If yeah. all of them, you're really happy, but at least one. So the reason why we get down to the manslaughter is the fact that, okay, we might can't prove that you acted in the heat of the passion. We might can't say you had a depraved heart or right. you were just not being, um, you were being inhumane. But we can say, though, that your actions were so reckless. Mm, right that it led to the death of a person and that's not okay so even right. if you didn't have the mental capacity or the mindset to right. think that you were going to kill someone you right. should have known that by stepping on someone's neck right. kneeling on someone's neck for that long of a time right. would cause the person to possibly lose their life or have some type of horrible reaction to yeah it. yeah and and it's just that reckless your actions were so reckless that you can't get away with doing them right right wow wow so so okay so now we you know we anticipated one verdict we got another verdict we saw kind of um a, an exhale moment in in black america i i guess you know saying we Black America kind of exhaled. Some people said, I can now breathe. You know, people are kind of going back and forth on that whole statement. But it, it was, it was, it was, you know, we were pent up and now we're exhaling and say, okay, the, the just, we saw the right thing happen in this particular case. You know, we still don't know in terms of what the sentencing is going to be like, but from a verdict pers perspective, we saw the right thing uh, happen. So I'm wondering what is. So, you know, as so as Christians now and as uh, black young people, what what's 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 the sense now? What you know, is there a sense of hopefulness or is there is there still this sense of, you know, helplessness? For me personally, is helplessness still. Mm. And I know that might sound strange. I mean, again, I am happy that. The criminal justice system where injustice was served. Yeah. But I don't think this changes anything, right. honestly. Okay. <laughs> I said this to somebody jokingly and, and not to be offensive to anybody, but I said now they're going to make sure that if they do something, if a police officer does something that's outside of protocol or official business conduct, they're going to be snatching people's phones and destroying their phones yeah, so that okay. it won't be recorded. Or they're going to make sure they are in a open public place so they can be recorded. But I don't think that this is going to necessarily stop some things. However, I do think this sends a message out okay. to officers who have been abusing their power yeah. to say, look, if you keep acting the way you are, this could be you. Right, right. Wow, man, this is uh, it's it's still a challenge, man. So here we are, we're we're Seventh Day Adventists, um, and what responsibility is is out there for our our young adult community in 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 response to this? What, what what's what's your call to action? What what needs to happen right now? Well, first and foremost, we have to go back to the Bible and to the 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 greatest commandment okay the two commandments love the lord thy god with all thy heart okay so minor strength and love thy neighbors thyself it starts with us as individuals we have to love everybody okay. no matter what their skin color no matter what their profession because i wanted to make this very clear to my students in class we look at it from the victim's perspective most of the time okay 
But you got to look at it from the defendant, the person who actually committed the crime, their perspective. Mm, mm -hmm. The police are a valuable source, resource to us as Americans. But over the past couple of years, the police have been in the spotlight of media, but in a very negative way. I mean, so much to the point where people are calling to defund the police. Everything they do is being looked at as terrible, as wrong when they're going out every single day and risking their lives to ensure that we have safety, that appreciation for them is void. Not all police officers are bad. And so you got to think about the mental and emotional trauma that they're going through and subconsciously is played out in their actions. Mm. So we have to love all people and, and especially as seven Adventist Christians, we have to show love to everybody. Okay. We should be advocating for support for everybody. Police officers, in my opinion, are not bad. They need to be properly trained. They need proper staffing. Yeah. They need proper report. Imagine working a 12 hour shift right. and something happens in the 12th hour. You're tired. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can and, understand that. And, and and as pastors always remind us that they're human, yeah. police officers are human too. They're not robots. And right. so sometimes those actions that they take may not be the best ones, but you got to look at the totality of the circumstances. And okay. so as Christian believers, we need to love everybody. We need to show support for all people. We also need to be knowledgeable of what we should and shouldn't do. Okay. Um, and then lastly, because I know we do a lot of that training. Lastly, though, we need to vote in good people mm. in high positions. What do I mean by that? Your sheriff. Yeah. Your chief of police. Yeah. Your city council. Your mayor. Yes. Your governor. Okay. All of the local politics. We need to be advocating for people who are of right, right. to right. be in these positions. So we won't be headed by some of these terroristic organizations that you and I both know of that are leading out in these positions. Is this why we continue to see people being murdered Mm. live? Mm. Um, So, and, and, and most importantly, we need to pray. We need to pray because this could happen to any of us. Yeah. We're not exempt from these horrific things. And it's still happening, still happening. We just had the 16-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was killed and others. Yeah. I mean, there's been over 50 mass shootings this year alone in America. Right. Wow. It's and it's getting out, I mean, listen, I mean, it's it's been out of hand. Right. Um so you so you you're you're advocating that listen, we need to be holistic about this thing, this approach. We can't just um uh, you know, demonize you know the the entire police force true but we do realize that there are you know there are forces at work that continue to you know um push this uh this agenda mm-hmm. it, it would appear that um which which lessens the lives of others you know others lives are not as important as as other people's lives so also uh, okay so i hear you i hear you um so let me let me push back a little bit um uh, do do you think we need to keep on protesting? Do you think, I mean, we've seen some shootings, not necessarily killings. We saw the young lady get killed last week, but we've seen some shootings happen um, within the last week as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think we need to be protesting? Do we need to get get back out there and, and hit the streets again with the marches and all that good stuff? What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I think protesting is a good uh, tactic, but it's just that a tactic. It's, it's not right. a solution. Right. And that's what a lot of people get confused. So protesting is a good tactic. Boycotting is a good tactic. Uh, marching, all of those are good tactics. So, yes, if you feel inclined to get out there and protest, to have your voice be heard, go for it. Yeah. Do so. Don't vandalize, though. Gotcha. That's a difference, too. Yeah. Get out there, protest, protest peacefully. Yeah. If we look at our great leaders like Martin Luther King and others, they protested peacefully. Yeah. So protest peacefully. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I agree. You could, we could get back and hit the streets. I don't think there's ever going to be a time where you probably won't have protests. And I believe protests will be probably until Jesus come because yeah. there's always going to be some injustice. Gotcha. But I also... One thing I see that our church does and I don't particularly care for is do not shame those who don't protest. Mm, okay. All right. So if you choose to protest as a tactic, that's great. But if yeah. somebody else doesn't choose to protest as a tactic, doesn't mean they're less of a Christian. Doesn't mean that they're not for the cause. It's just not the activity that they wish to be a part of. Okay. But okay. that doesn't mean that they're wrong. Gotcha. So you're advocating that our young people um, become more not one, become more knowledgeable of their local civil um, government officials who are elected, get involved, get engaged. Right. Um, you know, if you're going to see change, this is this is where change is going needs to happen, and this is where it's going to happen uh, with with more effectiveness. Um, be prayerful. Continue yes. to you know continue to be prayerful. Watch and pray. I mean, you know that we're we're admonished by the our good Lord and yeah. Savior to watch and pray as the time is coming in. How do we balance this? And 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 we'll end with this question: How do we balance our evangelistic um, responsibility with all of this social and political and racial unrest? I mean. I'm trying to advocate for um, equality and justice, but how how do I remain evangelistic in terms of sharing uh, the end time message, sharing the good news of the gospel? How how do I uh, you know balance that? They go hand in hand, honestly. Okay. Jesus is our greatest example. When you look at the life of Christ, he ministered to the people. He met the people's needs and then preached a sermon or told a story. Okay. So they go hand in hand. If there's a need, if there's a social, political unrest, and there's a need within your community, stand up for that. Mm. Those people will see you. When you get them in conversation, let them know about Jesus. Right. And invite them to your churches, to your meetings, to your virtual services, so that they can now understand that this is good. You're standing up for what's right. You're ministering and helping and meeting the needs of the people. Okay. Now let's go to our Heavenly Father who meets our needs. So I think they go hand in hand. I do feel like um, as organized religions, we have to be more active with the needs of our local communities than we are, especially okay. as Adventists. Yeah. I think we have a standoff approach when it comes to social justice, but I believe that social justice is a ministry that needs to happen yeah. now. It encompasses more than race relations. Social justice is, is advocating for all yeah. to have. And so I think as a church, we need to be more involved in advocating for all to have and, 
understanding that when we meet the needs of the people, just as Jesus Christ met the needs of the people that he ministered to, the yeah. message, the message about him, the message about his soon coming will be received. The gospel will go forth and the end will come. Well, that's it, man. That's that's uh, you know, I, I can't I can't put it any better <laughs> than that. Part of meeting the needs is advocating for equality of all people yes. and to and to help those who are certainly less fortunate and that will open the way to be able to minister to them on behalf of Jesus. So listen y'all, that uh that's what's up. That's what's up. I appreciate uh, the good professor coming and hanging out with us once again this uh, this today for our What's Next podcast. And we will be back on next week and uh, with another podcast of What's Next, man. How can we empower? How can we equip? How can we ignite our young adults, man, to get to work? Yes. Finish the mission. Yes. <laughs> we want to see Jesus come. All right. Appreciate you. Take care. <laughs>